Welcome to Capital Link's trending news podcast series. In this podcast series, we have the opportunity to discuss with company management on recent news and announcements they have made. We have with us today Dr. Lucas Barbaris, president of SafeBalkers, listed on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker SB. SafeBalkers is one of the major international providers of marine dry bulk transportation services, transporting with their fleet of about of 40 uh, dry bulk vessels, cargoes such as coal, grain, and iron ore worldwide. Uh, I'm Nicholas Bornodis, president of CapitalLink, investor relations advisor to Safe Bulkers. And as per a disclaimer, uh, our podcasts are for informational and educational purposes. They do not constitute investment advice or advice of any kind. And obviously, CapitalLink bears no responsibility for them. Today, we are going to discuss the uh, strategy and implications of their the latest acquisition uh, of uh, a cape-sized vessel by Safe Balkers. So, Lucas, thank you for being with us. Uh, Safe Balkers just announced the acquisition of a 2014-built Japanese dry bulk cape-sized vessel, 181,000 deadweight tons uh, carrying capacity. This expands your fleet to 40 vessels in the water and it, it is your sixth uh, cape size vessel. The majority of your fleet is in uh, asset classes like Panamax, post-Panamax, and Camsamax. So can you share with us what drives your increasing expansion into the cape size segment? Uh, thank you, Nicholas, uh, and thank you all, and good morning. Uh, we decided to go with this uh, new acquisition of a Cape size class vessel, which is actually the sixth vessel, as you said. We, we bought another one uh, uh, last uh, November, which was the fifth. So right now we have six vessels. I don't believe that this uh, represents a, a, a substantial change of our uh, focus because uh, the company is focused always the medium-sized vessels, uh, comes from us to post Panamax. Uh, however, we believe that uh, the Cape market uh, is also uh, able to give us some money, and we had uh, this, uh, and we developed this opportunistic acquisition. We believe uh, by buying this vessel, which is very short, very prompt delivery, uh, beginning of February. So, as you mentioned, uh, the uh, uh, the Maria, the name of the new vessel. Um, is a sister vessel to the Cape-sized uh, Stelios that you bought, uh, if I remember well, during the fourth quarter of 2021. The purchase price for Maria, as we disclosed, is 33.8 million. And you mentioned that you took advantage of the Cape-sized market seasonal weakness to conclude this transaction. Can you elaborate a bit on this? Yes, it's very, it's very easy to understand. I mean, this Cape, uh, in October, its value was about, I mean, investment value was about uh, 41.8, if I recall well. So by buying uh, this vessel at uh, 33.8, and we had a substantial competition in this price, so there was interest uh, for buying, and uh, we, we managed to conclude. Uh, it is uh, something that is uh, quite opportunistic. We managed to vote in a, at a very reasonable uh, uh, price, uh, a cape size uh, vessel, a Japanese cape size uh, vessel, uh, noting also that uh, uh, cape sizes are quite expensive. You make a new build right now, it's quite expensive. So I think we prefer to, to acquire a second hand vessel at this price rather than uh, making a new build order. Uh, 
Well, that takes me to the next question that uh, you have been very active in fleet renewal and expansion. As we depicted in your latest company presentation, you have sold seven older vessels. You acquired four younger ones and you just added uh, the cave size vessel we talked about. And you also have nine new builds uh, on order to be delivered anywhere from Q2 2022 to uh, the first quarter of 2024. It is worth pointing out that the majority of your fleet, 80% of it is Japanese built. So what drives your fleet renewal and expansion strategy? Uh, look, we, we started with new builds uh, and we managed to order nine vessels ahead of the competition with delivery dates from, uh, from uh, I would say April this year until uh, beginning of 2024. Uh, if we put additional orders, uh, the new orders will go, uh, will be delivered uh, uh, after the second half of 2024. So, so we think that um, uh, basically we have explored uh, the ordering of new builds. Uh, and then uh, our next uh, point was uh, how to, uh, I mean, having these nine new build vessels with uh, the latest uh, regulations that will be after the after will be implemented globally after the after 2025 in terms of uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, the question is how can we continue the renewal of the fleet so this is what we did we sold uh, all the vessels i mean and uh, we have managed to show, we we managed to sell uh, four vessels at quite high prices uh, and uh, we managed and we acquired uh, younger vessels always opportunistically, like this acquisition. So basically we managed to renew the age of the, of the fleet. Uh, and uh, at the same time, have a big portion of our fleet, about 25% in the latest technology that is not available right now. Uh, uh, what we need to recall is that from 1st of January, 2023, the new regulations of IMO will uh, dictate, uh, um, will dictate certain emission uh, uh, restrictions in terms of uh, CO2, which means uh, uh, which means basically reduction or more efficient vessels. And uh, we prefer to have Japanese vessels because in general, uh, they are more efficient compared to other nationalities. Uh, they have uh, advantages in terms of uh, operating expenses. So uh, we, have, we have seen also re reduced operating expense in Japanese vessels compared to Chinese. And um, uh, by having a, a majority of Japanese fleet, I think we can easily, uh, more easy to uh, to comply with the new regulations rather with uh, the Chinese ships or the Korean ships. Lucas, you mentioned uh, that you have bought uh, the ships opportunistically, but the opportunistic element, as I understand, comes uh, uh, it relates to the timing. Uh, you have a well-defined strategy when it comes to fleet renewal and expansion. And uh, as I heard you saying, you placed the new building orders in advance of competition. Now you're buying uh, a cave size, taking advantage of the uh, seasonal softness of the market. So it's the timing element uh, that allows you to maximize the, uh, the best value for your acquisitions. Am I right? Yes. Timing is very important because uh, if you order, for example, now a new build, you will get it uh, in the second half of 2024 and it will be maybe uh, five to 10 million more expensive compared to the price that we, we, we bought. Uh, in the second 
and the second point is that we didn't go to buy a, a cape in uh, in October when it, the price was so high. So we just monitor always the market, always the asset play, and uh, when we find the right opportunity, we just uh, try to to pursue it. We have substantial liquidity. We have. Uh, the financial resources, we have a low leverage, all this help the company to be opportunistic wherever we want. So you open the door to the next question. Uh, you mentioned that uh, SafeBalkers competes on the basis of a renewed and environmentally advanced fleet. And you discussed with us the impact of uh, the upcoming regulations, the advantage of the Japanese built fleet. So can you expand on this and can you share with us measures, proactive measures that you have taken as SafeBalkers to enhance the environmental uh, efficiency and footprint of your fleet? Hey, look, we do what uh, it is well uh, defined right now in the market. So we test uh, uh, low friction paints, uh, we test uh, energy efficiency equipment uh, like ducts and fins that can be applied during the dry docking. Uh, these are measures that are taken in the in the existing fleet, of course. Uh, and uh, apart of that, I think the the most important issue is uh, that company uh, is focused on the renewal. So younger ships more generally are more efficient. Uh, I, I I want to to tell you that about uh, seventy, I mean according to certain studies, uh, about uh, between seventy and eighty percent of the global fleet. It has uh, does not belong to a phase, phase one, phase zero, phase two, phase three, whatever, which means that uh, they lag from the regulations that will be implemented next year and they put EXI uh, and, uh, and implement uh, uh, speed reductions, which means slow steaming. Uh, this could be another parameter in the future that will play or will affect uh, the availability of uh, the fleet. And together with the lack of uh, availability of borders, I think will uh, will support uh, the, the chartering uh, market. So, Lucas, if you would be kind to share with us your insight on the strategy you have, the financial strategy we have followed so far for Safe Parkers, and uh, what do you plan to do with your robust cash flow in terms of uh, alternative uh, asset allocation options? Yes, uh, look, we have uh, developed a strategy. We did uh, a substantial fleet renewal and ordering of new ships, which, uh, uh, of course, as you know, have already paid uh, the advances uh, for the acquisition of such ships. Uh, we, have, uh, we have been targeting a, a, a leverage ratio of about 30%, I think that will be close to that uh, ratio towards the end of the year. So that in terms of uh, the leverage, we are, we are uh, spot on. Uh, and of course, at this point has a substantial uh, surplus. Uh, the surplus can be used always to opportunistically acquire uh, second-hand vessels uh, if the market uh, uh, is, uh, uh, I mean, futures. I mean, if there is an opportunistic acquisition that the one that we have seen. Uh, it doesn't mean that we are focused on that. Uh, the second point is that uh, you can always use all the other uh, things uh, that uh, someone could think. For example, you can always uh, buy back preferreds. Uh, and uh, of course, our, uh, keen, we are keen also to, at some point, to reinvest uh, the dividend. 
Uh, and uh, as I have already mentioned several times, uh, in order to revenge the, the dividend, the company is in a very good shape. And we want to see the perspectives during uh, the, the next period if the market recovers. Because right now we have a seasonal weakness and we want to see this recovery. We believe in the, in the market. Well, obviously, the key point here is uh, you have delivered. Uh, so you have achieved a very good uh, leverage ratio. You have robust cash flow, and now you can examine uh, a number of alternatives in terms of how to make, uh, how to allocate your uh, uh, surplus cash flow. Share with us now, concluding question, your uh, outlook for the dry bulk sector, please. Yes, look, I mean, outlook, the, the outlook is, um, I mean, we, we are, generally we are very confident that the market uh, will recover. We have a low a, a very low order book. Uh, we have the slow steaming, uh, which will come uh, from the 1st of January 2023. Uh, uh, I, I will say also the, the risk. The risk right now is uh, China because there are certain headwinds there. But I believe that the Chinese government has shown that they always uh, very reactive and they are uh, uh, trying to do to take the appropriate uh, stimulus measures uh, for their economy. So uh, overall, I think this is a good for the chartering. Any correction is good for the uh, chartering market because uh, the China will be able to stimulate in the following months and uh, will uh, have a very uh, a, a, a chartering market, which I think will be similar to past year chartering market. So because, I think that it will be a good year. Besides China, do you also see uh, uh, more market strength uh, as the result of infrastructure spending across the world, including the US? Look, I think that all um, major uh, consumers uh, have, uh, are introducing uh, uh, stimulus packages for infrastructure, etc. Uh, but we need to see also, we need to know that China is approximately 50% of the overall market. It's, it's India, it's China, it's Europe, it's the United States. Uh, I, I, I reasonably believe that um, the strength of the market uh, will, uh, will be there, the market will recover and will have a similar year to the past year, which was a very good year for the dry back market. Lucas, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your insight. And that concludes our podcast. And uh, for more information on the company, please visit www.safebalkers.com. Dr. Bambari, thank, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. Thanks.